It's the dictionary. Well, hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. I am your host, Spencer. I am wearing my Mojo Dojo Casa House of a Thousand Corpses shirt. Um, if you want to see it, you can go see the weird position I just got into on the YouTube channel. Uh, the link is in the show notes. Okay, uh, please rate and review this show. I would love it. It would make me happy. I will read it on an episode, and I'll say your name, your fakey weird username. Um, you can uh, follow me on social media at DictionaryPod. It's really just Instagram and Twitter slash X and threads and Facebook. Uh, you can email me, dictionarypod at gmail.com. You can email me if you want to just say anything. That would be wonderful. And if you can also email me about a joke, any joke for the rest of the alphabet for a word, go ahead, email it to me. I will say your joke when I get there. Uh, you can call the Google Voice number 917-727-9... No, 7... Five seven five seven. Uh, leave a message. I'll put it in an episode. Unless you say no, 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 no. You can't put that in an episode. That would make me very upset. Please don't do that. Otherwise, I'll do it. You can't stop me. Uh, you like I said, you can uh, watch this on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel, please and thank you. Just play all of my episodes, all of my videos. Just play them nonstop, and that would I would get so many views that way. You can join the Patreon for $1 a month. It gets you very early episodes. It's very much worth $1 a month. So cheap. Uh, what are there other things? Merchandise. There's a merchandise link in the show notes. It takes you to T Public, where you can buy physical products of my show's logo and a few other things that I have made. And I think that's probably good, other than just to check out uh, the music of Tom and Jonah, two separate people who don't know each other. They have made my two theme songs. They alternate every other episode. And you can also uh, make me a theme song, a short theme song, and I'll put it in an episode someday. All right, got a niche in my nose, and then we can start. Here we go with the first word. It is E-O, all caps, abbreviation for executive order it is also for captain eo that wonderfully weird michael jackson short film that played at walt disney world when i went in 1988 i don't think you can see it anywhere else uh i've probably mentioned this before but ooh that was a fun show to watch, a fun movie to watch when I was seven and a half years old. And uh, we we got some footage of it. It was a 3D film. We took some footage of it on our home videotape camcorder. So it looks all double and weird. Uh, but man, that, that thing affected me. I got the stuffed animals. Uh, so cool. And many years later, I find out that Doug Benson is one of the like backup dancers in that film. This is so, so crazy. I think somebody needs to make a documentary or a podcast about Captain EO. Interview all the people who were involved in it. That would be wonderful. I want to see that again. Can we get it on streaming? Who owns the rights to that thing? Okay. 
enough of Captain Neo. We're now going to make a sound effect or a musical sound. Uh, and that's going to go do, 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 do. Is that copyright infringement? I hope not. The next word is a uh, prefix, E-O. This means earliest or oldest, as in Eolithic, which I assume, yes, we're going to see that in this episode, because this this episode is uh, all the E-O words and a few E-P words. So E-O, when you see a word that starts with E-O, it probably means earliest or oldest, Whatever the context is depends on what the rest of the word is. Uh, this is from the Greek eo, which means dawn. Uh, also from eos, and there's more at the word east. So the east of the world, when you're looking at the eastern uh, horizon, that's where the sun rises. That's where the dawn happens. And so that's literally why we have the word east. Next is Eocene, capital E-O-C-E-N-E, adjective from 1831, of, relating to, or being, an epoch, E-P-O-C-H, of the tertiary between the Paleocene and the Oligocene, or the corresponding series of rocks. And it says to see the geologic time table. And that's going to be just a blast when we get to the geologic time table. Oh, we're going to talk about all those time tables. We're going to talk about all those different eras and epochs and things and, and the years that they correspond to and all the stuff that was happening during those time periods. Eocene, that's one of them. Um, so it's the epoch of the tertiary between the Paleocene and the Oligocene. Paleocene, then the Eocene, then the Oligocene. Sounds like that's the order that they went in from earliest to oldest. Probably, possibly, we'll see. Uh, Eocene is also a noun. And so, yes, the rocks, the rocks from that time period are the Eocene rocks. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. We now have EOE, all caps, abbreviation for Equal Opportunity Employer. What I think all employers should be. If I were an employer, I would be EOE, um, Equal Opportunity. So I, doesn't that just mean that you, you, everybody, every person has the same possibility to get a job for that employer when they're an equal opportunity employer. I think that's what that means. I would be shocked if it wasn't. Should we? We'll, we'll just do a little extra check-in. Uh, let's see. There's a lot of other EOE things like eosinophilic esophagitis or esophagitis. Um, that's what's that's what it's showing. I think we're going to see a, a related word to those complicated medical things that I just said. Uh, we're going to see those uh, coming up in this episode. Uh, but here, here we have what is or isn't an equal opportunity employer. While we wait, okay, uh, the phrase equal, equal opportunity employer is often used in job descriptions or at the top of the career section of a company's website. But what does it mean? Uh, an employer that pledges to not discriminate against employees based on race, color, religion, sex, national origin, age, disability, or genetic information. 
I'm sure there's other things that they could have put in there too, but that's what they got. That covers a pretty good ground. Uh, but it says, unfortunately, this definition doesn't define each and every situation where discrimination may or may not occur. So maybe it's not perfect, but it's a good start. That's what I'm saying. Uh, ba ba Okay, that's E-O-E. Next, we have Eohippus. This is a fantastic word. Eohippus. E-O-H-I-P-P-U-S. Noun from circa 1879. Any of a genus of very small primitive horses from the lower Eocene, ho ho, having four toed forefeet, those are the feet in the front, the forefeet, the four, the four feet, for, for, the, the forward, the feet are forward, and three toed hind feet. And they are called also, this is the cutest name, Dawn Horse. Dawn horse? I mean, anything cuter would be like fairy horse, but dawn horse. It's the horse of the dawn, the new dawn, the new day, when when the world was getting started. It, the, the world was waking up from its nighttime nap, and then horses came around. Okay, uh, small. They're small horses. What are they like? Ponies? Donkeys? Mini horses? Can we find an accurate picture of what these probably looked like and put it on social media? Yes, we can. Eohippus. And uh, so, of course, you know, this is from Eo. We learned that means earliest or oldest. Uh, from the Greek word hippos, which actually means horse, not hippopotamus. The hippopotamus. Uh, and then there's more at the word equine, uh, which is also horse-related. So, uh, small, small horses, four-toed, four feet. So their front feet have four toes. Um, I can sort of imagine these. I think they're. It's like like you take an elephant's foot, but you separate it into four toes because they only got elephants only got one toe. Um, and then three-toed hind feet. Oh, I can't wait to see what these look like. Little, little old horses. All right, I think we have spoken enough about the Eohippus, and now we will go on to do-do-do-do-do. We have Eolian, or just Eolian. Four, four syllables or three syllables. You can spell it E-O-L-I-A-N or A-E-O-L-I-A-N. Uh, Eolian, adjective from 1622. Born, deposited, produced, or eroded by the wind. This is not what I was thinking of. I thought we were going to talk about one of those musical scales, but I, that might be spelled differently. Um, and so, Aeolian, um, anything is eroded by the wind, produced by the wind, deposited by the wind, or born from the wind, comes from the wind. Why is the wind all about this word? Um, all it says is from the Latin, um, Aeolus, spelled A-E-O-L-U-S, which means literally just the same thing, but I don't know what that is. Now, I feel like I gotta look this up, because what is this word, and why are there so many vowels at the beginning? 
It has almost all of the vowels. Ah, okay. Aeolus. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, the son of Hippotes. Was Hippotes a horse? Uh, the ruler of the winds. Aha, it makes so much sense now. The ruler of the wind, uh, the king of the island of Aeolia, where he lived with his wife and six sons and six daughters. Aeolian, so it's all about the wind, right? Yes, that's literally all it is. Aeolus, Aeolus was going, and then anything related to that is Aeolian or Aeolian. Boop, 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 boop. Now we have Eolith, E-O-L-I-T-H. Noun from 1895, a very crudely chipped flint, a crudely chipped flint. Um, I mean, isn't that kind of what flints are? I feel like you're 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 chipping off the the stuff to make the fire. Uh, it's gonna be. How can you do it not crudely? An eolith is a very crudely chipped flint. There's no etymology. Um, you would think that the eo uh, prefix means earliest or oldest, but I don't understand how that would be connected to a crudely chipped flint. I, I got nothing. Doot, 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 doot. Next is Eolithic. Now, this one is spelled with a capital E, and then it has the I-C at the end. Uh, this is an adjective from 1890 of or relating to the early period of the Stone Age, marked by the use of Eoliths. There we go. We found it. We figured it out. So the Eoliths were made during the Eolithic period, and that's why we have the name Eolithic, because it's marked by the use of these uh, crudely chipped flints. And this is, this is the time when the early humans were like, we can do stuff. We, we're smart enough now. This is how they sounded. We're smart enough now where we can take a tool, we can, we can make a tool, we can take rock and smash it on another rock and make things that are sharp so we can go attack our enemies. Or maybe, maybe it creates a spark and then you can use that spark to put it on dried leaves and tiny little sticks and make fire. What? What? Fire? Fire? Is that how they were using this? Which one? Is it weapon or or, oh, we can make this stone sharp so we can cut things with it. We can cut fruit so we don't have to use our hands and mouths. I don't know. So many possibilities. So, yes, that is why Eolith has the EO. But it doesn't, it doesn't say, um, what's, a, what's a lith? Like, do we need to look up lith? Uh, just what is that? And how is that? Nah, that's not helpful. I wonder if we'll get to something in the lith area in this book someday. And like early, it's early something. Early what? Early stone. Early things. Early tool. I don't know. Uh, but yes, Eolithic is the time of the Stone Age where they were chipping stones called Eoliths. Beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. Next, we have EOM, all caps, abbreviation for end of month. 
Not one of the things that I use very often. I use EOD, end of day. I sometimes use EOY, end of year, or I see it, but not typically EOM. But yes, it exists. The month is a time period. And then, of course, we also have EOW, E, end of, I got, I got the burpees, I'm sorry, uh, end of week, end of day, end of week, end of month, end of year. Uh, okay, next, do-do-do-do-do, E-O-N, now that's not how you say that word. <laughs> I got hung up on E-O-M, this is just the word eon, but it's a variation of aeon, A-E-O-N, but isn't eon its own word? Now, do we have to really go back to the A-E section? Why? I thought eon was like the more common uh, use of this of this word. Eon or eon, uh, immeasurably or indefinitely long period of time, an age, a very large division of geologic time, usually longer than an era. So we got eras and then we got eons. A unit of geologic time equal to one billion years. You could also use that sometimes. Um, again, though, I thought spelled E-O-N was more common than A-E-O-N. So why wouldn't you put the definition here in the E's instead of in the A's? What's with that? Next we have E-O nominee. EO nominee. Now this is two words. The first word is EO and then N-O-M-I-N-E, nominee. Uh, now it doesn't say what it is, uh, but it is from 1627 and it is by or under that name. So it's just a phrase, just a phrase. It's not like a noun or an adjective or an adverb or a verb or any of those other things. It's just a phrase that means by or under that name. So uh, it's probably used in like legal terms or something where you're like, they they go by that name. They are known by that name. They are EO nominee. EO nominee. My name is Spencer James Parks. That's, that's who I am. EO nominee, Spencer James Parks. I don't know how to use that in context. Please stop asking me. Beep boop, beep boop, beep. We have now EOS, capital E-O-S, Noun from 1574, the Greek goddess of dawn. No surprise there. Uh, it says compared to Aurora, which might be the Greek goddess of dusk. Uh, that's just the first thing that I could think of. Um, yes, Greek, Eos. Um, and clearly it's from their word that means early or earliest or oldest. The, the, first, the first time, the first thing. Eos. No, it's Eos. Eos. It looks like Eos, but it's Eos. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop. Here we go with Eosin. E-O-S-I-N. Eosin. You can also spell it with an E at the end, and it can be pronounced Eosin also or Eosin. Noun from 1866. One. A red fluorescent dye... C20H8BR4O5 obtained by the action of bromine on fluorescein 
and used especially in cosmetics and as a toner. Also, it's red to brown sodium or potassium salt used especially as a biological biological statin for cytoplasmic structures. Don't know what any of that stuff meant. Uh, it's a dye. It's a red fluorescent dye. Eosin is a dye. And you get it from doing some stuff with the chemicals. Number two, any of several dyes related to eosin. So other ones are similar, but different. They're related, but they're not the same. But you can call them the same thing. And that's not confusing at all. Um... I mean, it's just from the Greek word eos or eos, which means dawn. Um, and so is that because of the color? It's red. You see at, at dawn time, you get those beautiful red colors coming up. I saw a little bit of it this morning on my way to work. Oh, I forgot to say today is December 14th, 7.31 a.m. I saw a little bit of the orange, the red coming up from the in the east in the dawn, the earliest part of the day. Maybe that's where they get the name from. I don't know. Here we go with uh, eosin- eosinophil. Eosinophil. E-O-S-I-N-O-P-H-I-L. First form adjective from circa 1882. The synonym is the number one definition for the word eosinophilic which is coming up pretty soon. The second form of eosinophil is a noun from circa 1900. A granulocyte, a, a granulocyte readily stained by eosin, that's the red fluorescent dye, that is present at sites of allergic reactions and parasitic infections. Hmm... A granulocyte, readily stained, so it's it can be stained by eosin to turn red, so you want to see where it is. Uh, it's present at sites of allergic reactions and parasitic infections. So if, if you have a parasitic infection, this uh, eosinophil will show up, especially if you put this dye on it. Um, also allergic reactions. So is this... Now, is this a naturally occurring thing? Like when you get an allergic reaction to a thing, like when they do those tests, they'll put all the scratches on your arm and then some of them turn red. Is that is that this eosinophil? And is the red dye a naturally occurring thing that it, when it turns red or do you have to put the dye on it? Uh, that's what I would think, but maybe it's a natural... I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know any of this stuff. But it's something about... Something about allergic reactions. It's a granulocyte. I don't know what that is. We haven't gotten to the G's yet. Hold your horses. Hoard, hold your eohippuses, please. Is the plural of that eohippa? Eohippa? Eohippi? It doesn't say. I'm just going to assume eohippuses because that's more fun anyway. Boop, 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 boop. Here we go with eosinophilia. Eosinophilia, noun from 1900, abnormal increase in the number of eosinophils in the blood that is characteristic of allergic states and various parasitic infections. 
Uh, yes, okay, so this is, so these eosinophils are naturally in your blood anyway, and then when you have the uh, parasitic infection or the allergic reaction, they're going to go right to that thing. They're going to go right there. I wish this were 3D. Um, and then they're going to maybe start start trying to heal the stuff. Uh, but if you have eosinophilia, then you have too much of these. You have a lot of them. Now, is that a bad thing? Is it an okay thing? Is it a so-so we don't care? Doesn't say. It's just an abnormal increase in them. Oh, it's characteristic. So I guess if you have an allergic state or this parasitic infection, maybe your body knows to create more of them so we can go take care of that problem. Then you'd have the eosinophilia. And I think I would like a sip of my tea because my throat is getting a little raw. Let's let's all take a little break. If you got a, a drink, drink it. And I have to, I have to like suck it in because it's so hot. It's uh, if I drink it normal, it'll burn my tongue too much. Still pretty hot. Boop 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 boop. boop. Here we go with inus. No, eosinophilic. We put in a C at the end. Adjective from circa 1900. One. So clearly in 1900 or around there, they were learning all about what's in the blood. One. Staining readily with eosin. Staining readily with eosin. And uh, that's the red fluorescent dye. So if you're staining stuff, it's eosinophilic. Number two of relating to or characterized by eosinophilia, which is the abnormal increase of these things when you have a parasitic infection or an allergic reaction. Does your body see those as the same, a parasitic infection or an allergic? Does it say, this thing is, is attacking me. I need to stop it. You, that's basically the same thing. An allergic reaction is this, this my, my, I don't like this thing. I don't like this cat dander on my skin. So I want to, to clean up that area as quickly as I can. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. Um, we finished the EO words. Now we're on the EP words, which are going to go on for probably a while. Um, here we go with just EP, all caps. Abbreviation for one, estimated position. Not sure what context that is. Is that in a contest position? Is that in a... Uh, a sexual position. We estimate that they will be in this position. Um, a, a chart of some kind. What position? Estimated position. Number two, European plan. So when all of Europe has a plan, they just call it an EP. What's the plan for Europe? Number three, extended play. Uh, this we'll see, I feel like vinyl, did they put this on vinyl? Definitely like VHS tapes. I, I feel like e, I saw EP there. There was SP standard play, LP long play, EP extended play. Um, I feel like there's some connection to vinyl too, but I could be wrong. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they, there should be vinyls that are like three feet wide and then that would be really extended play. I don't think that the science works out there. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. Uh, EPA, 
is next. Abbreviation for one. What is this word? I've probably said this before. It's a long word. Icosapentanoic. I think that's right. Icosapentanoic acid. So the E, P in icosapentanoic acid. And then also number two, Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, one of those agencies, those government agencies that I think is important and maybe some people don't like it and they're trying to not fund it as much, but I think we need more funding. Boop, 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 boop. Next is EPACT or just EPACT. E-P-A-C-T. Noun from uh, 1588. A period added to harmonize the lunar with the solar calendar. Uh, a period, so it's not a dot, not a dot period. Um, I think this is just a time, a time period added to harmonize the lunar with the solar calendar. Okay, well, there's the lunar calendar, which is the 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 moon uh, gets filled in from the sun every like twenty eight and a half days or twenty eight point something days. Um, but why are you trying to harmonize the lunar calendar with the solar calendar? The solar calendar, it's like 365.25 days, give or take. What do you have to do to combine those two? Why are you combining them? I don't understand this. Maybe the etymology will help. Uh, it says this is from the Greek word epakti, which is from epagine, which means to bring in or intercalate. Uh, that is from epi plus agine, which means to drive. And there's more of the word agent. So that doesn't help me at all. And I think I want to put a link in the show notes for epact, E-P-A-C-T, so we can learn about what is this harmonizing of the lunar and solar calendars. I find this fascinating and interesting and intriguing and odd and weird and what? Next we have eparchy. Eparchy. E-P-A-R-C-H-Y. Noun from 1796. A diocese of an Eastern Church, a diocese of an Eastern Church. Uh, it's an eparchy. It's religious, and that's all I got. Uh, but I do also got some etymology. It is from the Greek eparchia, which means province, from eparchos, which means prefect, from epi plus arcos, which means ruler, like we have the monarchy, one ruler. We've seen some other things too. Anarchy. Let's get rid of all the rulers. Is that what that means? I don't remember. Um, there's more the, the prefix arc or arch. Um, and so it's, yeah, the province, the area, it's the diocese, it's the, the eparchy, the person who was ruling that specific area in an Eastern church. I don't know which Eastern. Is it Greek? Russian? I don't know. Okay, we got one more word. It is the word epaulette, spelled either E-P-A-U-L-E-T or 
E-P-A-U-L-E-T-T-E. Epaulette, you can emphasize the first syllable, epaulette or epaulette. The last syllable is emphasized. Um, or you can pronounce the last syllable, lut, epaulette. This is a noun from 1778. Uh, no numbers, just a few, a couple sub-definitions. Something that ornaments or protects the shoulder. The shoulder. Now, would these be shoulder pads or shoulder pads epaulets? They ornament it. They make your shoulders look bigger and wider and more strong. And they also protect because they are padded. Um, I mean, I guess I wasn't talking about the American football shoulder pads. I was talking about the 1980s shoulder pads. But either one would be an epaulette. So we have A, an ornamental fringed shoulder pad formerly worn as part of a military uniform. We've, we've all seen in the military uniforms, they've got those things. I just watched Napoleon last night, and he definitely had this thing would stick out. It was like a flat thing, and then there was some fringe on the side, and he, he was rocking those epaulets. Terrible human rocking the epaulets. B, an ornamental strip or loop sewn across the shoulder of a dress or coat. Uh, and so I guess this is the thing that's going to just go across the body probably, and then it goes across the shoulder. Sure. Epauletted or epauletted is an adjective. Um, the etymology, I am quite curious about this. It is French, epaulette, diminutive of epaule, epaule. Don't know how to say that word. It just means shoulder. E-P-O-U-L-E is shoulder. From Old English, espel. Oh, sorry, Old French. Uh, also Lower Latin. Oh, this is great. Um, spatula or spatula, which looks like the word spatula, which means shoulder blade because your shoulder, well, we got spatula from, did they used to use shoulder blade bones as spatulas when you're cooking on your frying pan? Did they go to Spatula City to get their spatulas? Where did you get that wonderful spatula? Spatula City, we sell spatulas, and that's all ba doo boo um, Okay, so the lower Latin spatula means shoulder blade or spoon, diminutive of the Latin word spatha, which means spoon or sword. And there's more at the word spade, like the triangle-shaped spade that you do some digging you, you you're hoeing and trowing in the garden you're it's a spade okay well that was epaulette that was a great a great etymology a lot more than i expected thank you very much for that now i'm going to pick a word of the episode we had today eo eo eocene eoe Eohippus, Eolian, Eolith, Eolithic, Eom, Eon, Eonomony, Eos, Eosin, Eosinophil, Eosinophil, Eosinophilia, Eosinophilic, Ep, Epa, Epact, Eparchy, and Epaulette. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, you know what? I think I was most fascinated by epact 
the harmonizing with the lunar and the solar calendar. Um, you know, I very much appreciate small little horses, so I, I wanted to pick Eohippus. I didn't. Um, not sure if there was anything else. Eonominy is an interesting phrase by or under that name. Not sure how we use that in context. Um, and of course, epaulette. We all should be having some wonderful epaulettes just because. To protect our shoulders, that's what it is. Uh, okay, so what... Wh- epact, epact. I need to harmonize the lunar and solar calendars. Let's put in an epact. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. If you are enjoying this show, I highly suggest uh, well, well, that you stop. No, I suggest that you tell some other people about it. That is how the uh, amazing things like this spread. You got to tell people. So if you are one of the 45-ish people who are w- regularly watching this show, listening to this show, please, please, please share. Okay, let's talk about a couple movies. I like movies. I could talk for a while about why I like movies. Maybe that'll be another day. Um, but here we go. Um, I used to go here. Uh, it's from a few years ago. Uh, with Gillian Jacobs, um, Jemaine Clement, she is now a writer, uh, getting to be a successful writer, and she comes back to the college that she went to, which I think is all in Illinois. It's like southern Southern Illinois. And, um, and she says, I used to go here. She just says that to every single person she sees. I used to go here. I used to go here. I used to go here. And that's the whole movie. No, I, I enjoyed it, and uh, there was some just real fun, silly stuff. Uh, let's talk about another one because I am so behind. Oh, Anatomy of a Fall. Um, A movie that is way more uh, fascinating and intriguing than it probably should be based on... If if somebody were to just tell you about the the, the plot, uh, it would probably sound very boring. But it's actually very interesting and keeps your attention. I I know it kept mine. And it also is done, I thought, uh, often very artistically and interestingly as well. So, highly recommend Anatomy of a Fall, and I used to go here. I'll probably recommend virtually every movie I talk about, just because I like them all. Okay, that's the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening and watching, and until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye.